0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Beckham Down podcast. This is your host, Coach Johnson. In this episode, we're going to be covering every game from the Saturday slate in the NBA. In the first game of the day, we had the Milwaukee Bucks looking to close it out against the Orlando Magic. As expected, both teams seemed to be getting their footing to start this game. The Magic made early threes in both games, one and four, and that really ignited the offense, but not in this game. Teams were sloppy with bad turnovers and a lot of runouts. The Bucks' offense went cold near the end of the first quarter, but really a solid start overall for Milwaukee. The Magic are loaded with defenders, but even at full strength, the Magic have to find more dynamic offensive players that can go create offense for themselves. The Magic were staying close, but the buck started to sharpen up and it got a little bit ugly quick. The starters for the Magic just didn't have it to start this game today. And for them, that just can't happen if they were wanting to be able to pull out this victory. The Magic's margin for error is just so small. You know, I want to believe if healthy, the Magic would have the size to slow Giannis more in this series. You know, they're missing Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, al Aminu, and they're just such a huge loss in a series like this. Giannis being guarded by the likes of Terrence Ross and Fournier and Ennis and Gary Clark while they've done an admirable job Giannis is like Shaq out there playing with all of these guards on him you know including the first half in this game Giannis was shooting 67.5% on twos against the Magic in the series when the third quarter started going the Bucks offense really started to kick into gear and looked good and probably as good as it had looked all series they were Magic tried to go small to keep offense out there and Giannis just completely took over the game. A sense of hope came in the form of Giannis picking up his fifth foul late in the third quarter and the Bucks were only up by 14. It made the game a lot more interesting as the Magic kept fighting like they always are and cut down the lead all the way to 3. But the Magic the Bucks, sorry were just a better team and deserved to win this series. The Magic's margin of error was just too small, and they left a lot of points on the board. It will go down as another gentleman's sweep, but the Magic fought and showed how valuable their playoff experience was. They played better in the, playoff, in the playoffs de- despite all that they were without. It, this is the first time the Bucks have advanced beyond the first round in consecutive years since 1986 and 1987. In the second game of the day, we had the Houston Rockets taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder, trying to break the 2-2 tie in the series. Deep down, it feels like the series is really going to come down to OKC's in-game adjustments versus Houston's ability to sustain play on both ends of the floor. The Westbrook plus bench lineups remain a little off for Houston, especially since Westbrook just clearly didn't have his full offensive rhythm in this game because his handle was a little loose and his finishing just wasn't crisp as we're used to seeing. But he's creating open looks for his teammates at will. Houston has to start doing a better job of containing Dennis Schroeder, and how they can do that is help themselves by showing help early on his drives. You know, I'm trying to figure out when is Houston going to figure out that Dennis Schroeder and Shea Gilger's alexander are the keys to this series for OKC offensively. If you can contain them two and not let them go, get going alongside Chris Paul then and Gallinari, then you really have a big chance to beat them. Westbrook in transition just adds so much to Houston because of the attention he commands. Houston was mixing in the rolls, in pick and roll, And it was very key to success as most teams are used to them picking and popping. You know, I, watching this game, you know, you could tell that OKC had gotten used to the pop and help and recovery was second nature to them. You know, I thought something that worked well in a few possessions for Houston in this game was the Harden Westbrook pick and roll. And I really expected to see more of that in the second half. OKC has been having a lot of success with Lugans Dort's fighting over and under screens to keep in front of Harden. thing I was looking for offensively for OKC to do was using Dort more as a screener with how Houston was guarding him. One thing that I thought Houston did a great job of was placing Harden at the top of the key with the wing driving because they are able to draw that defender and kick, and then Harden is able to tack off that closeout. You know, especially when Dort is at that position having to guard Harden, he is not going to help as much off of Harden, and so that opens up an isolation possession for whoever that person is on the wing, whether Westbrook, Gordon, Covington, Daniel House, any of those guys that can make play off, plays off the bounce. You know, a scary scenario for OKC when Houston went on his run is if you take Lou Dort out and you put in your five-man lineup that's best in the NBA, if it doesn't work, then where do you go from here? Houston went on their massive run, and OKC can never crawl back into it. Another part of that problem was OKC having their two leaders in field goal attempts be Lugan Dortz and Darius Baisley. That is not what they need. And unfortunately, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been off in this series, and it's tough for OKC to generate offense and sustain it when this is happening. Houston did a better job of guarding the ball and guarding isolation possessions. They did a great job individually taking on the challenge, and the weak side defense was better as well. I will be back shortly to talk about the last game of the day, After a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. In the last game of the day, we had the Los Angeles Lakers looking to close out the series against the Portland Trail Blazers. The beginning of this game was very free-flowing with the resemblance of a pickup game. AD was going to be able to have a lot of open looks in this game, especially from the perimeter against the big Blazers lineup with Whiteside and Nurchich both on the floor. Right now, in this moment, Anthony Davis's jump shot is at an elite level. Just a very polished and incredible rhythm from all over the floor, whether that's the mid-range, around the basket, stretching all the way out to the perimeter. And this amplifies his off-the-dribble game that has improved greatly in both isolation situations out of the triple threat, but also when attacking closeouts. Unfortunately, the Lakers cannot pull away in this game because of their focus. You know, I would give it the grade of a C level. You know, sloppy offense and not really locked in defensively. The Lakers should have made it a focus to get Anthony Davis in the post every possession, but they got into a flow where they thought it was an equal opportunity offense, which did not bode well for them. You know, whatever momentum they had disappeared, and the Blazers were, to, were able to gain a lot of great rhythm. Unfortunately for the Blazers, something that has continued to hinder them was that they were unable to defend the perimeter or the paint, so they were not able to build on or sustain the lead. McCollum and Carmelo were hitting shots at a high level in the first half to keep the game tight and continue to do so late into the game when it was in crunch time. They were able to exploit the Lakers' perimeter defenders. As Danny Green continues to struggle from three, it's hard to remember when the last time Danny Green hit a three from the right corner. His more prime spot on the floor to knock down shots is from the left side of the floor as he's more lined up. But with how the Lakers set up offensively, most of his shots come from that right corner because of LeBron and Anthony Davis posting on the left block. Down the stretch, Portland relied far too much on isolation and turned the ball over in the last few minutes for the Lakers to pull away, capped off by the Anthony Davis lob. It was nostalgic and a reminiscence of Kobe Tashak lob in 2000. It is unfortunate to see the season come to an end for Portland after the run in the bubble. I will be intrigued to see what a healthy Portland squad can do next year if they're able to keep their pieces. With this series victory, LeBron is now 14-0 in the first-round playoff series. And that wraps it up for this episode of the Back Em Down podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please enjoy your Monday. Take care of yourselves. Relax before another week gets started. Enjoy the basketball that will be on the screen today. Enjoy time with your family. And I can't wait until the next episode of the Back Down podcast. Take care.